Hello goddesses and welcome to this episode. This week we are going to be talking about anxious attachment and before we get into it we did just want to put a little disclaimer to say that we are not professionals when it comes to anxious attachment. We both have experiences with anxious attachment, how it's manifested in our lives and obviously ways that we have used to combat slash change our attachment style. So yeah, we really, really hope it's useful, but we just wanted to pop a little disclaimer on there. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Everyday Goddess podcast. This week we are going to be talking about something close to both of our hearts, and that is anxious attachment and how to work through it. Um, So both of us, have an anxious attachment style. Actually, on quizzes now, I come out as secure. Oh, do you? I Look do. at that. So you I can, do. yeah. But I definitely used to be anxiously attached. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, we want this episode to help people either be able to decipher whether they have an anxious attachment or not, and also just to give you hope that it is possible to like move out of a space of like an anxious attachment and into a secure a secure one and give some tips on how to do that or even just like discuss our own experiences around anxious attachment something that I feel like now I'm starting to date like I'm now being triggered more within that kind of anxious attachment space and yeah just talking about how I'm kind of moving through that as well Mm. um how you're dealing with that as well now that your boyfriend is living quite far away and how that's triggering <laughs> your anxious attachment um so yeah hopefully this will help people to kind of work out whether they've even got it what even is anxious attachment um and how can we heal through it mm-hmm. exactly that so i feel like we should start by kind of describing what are some of the traits of anxious attachment and where it um comes from so they normally say um that anxiously attached people it comes from in your childhood if um like a parent or a caregiver were really inconsistent so if maybe sometimes they were always they were there to support your emotional needs like sometimes they were emotionally available and then other times they weren't and yeah it doesn't even just have to be emotionally it could be like physically Um, just like was their love conditional as well like did you receive conditional love or were you loved unconditionally Mm. Um, like you said yeah were your emotional needs met were they inconsistently met Mm -hmm. Um, and that is where kind of the basis for an anxious attachment forms because as a child you never know what you're going to get and that obviously causes anxiety in anyone. Not quite knowing what's going to happen causes yeah. that anxiety. I feel like it is anxiety um, of like inconsistency. But also you learn to be so attuned to other people around you. Mm. I feel like that is very like a very big part of it is just being so hypersensitive to other people's like body language or like what they're saying and things like that well if your parents only met your emotional needs say if you were like happy Mm. you know if you had parents who found crying and big emotions big outbursts of anger or sadness or anything that was like a really big emotion and they couldn't handle it they found that really triggering you might end up with an anxious attachment because your parents could not help support you through that anger or through that sadness and they would like kind of push you. 
push mm. you away. Rather well, it's than like that sometimes they would be yeah. out there, there to support you and other times they wouldn't. Yes, so what we mean by inconsistency in childhood is if your parents could only meet your emotional needs in certain situations. Like, for instance, I feel like when I was younger, whenever I had big emotions my parents couldn't deal with it because they found it really triggering and so like I would be left so I remember doing things like getting really really upset and having what what was probably a tantrum at the time and kind of just being put in a room and left to cry so Mm -hmm. things like the naughty step and stuff like that um can result in an anxious attachment because you're just you're telling that child that like when you are behaving in this way if you're really upset or really angry I can't love you and so therefore you're Mm. receiving conditional love and that then means as a child you're constantly editing your behavior or what you're doing to meet the needs of your caregiver so that they will give you the love that you need yeah and also you're just on edge like from a biological Mm. point of view it's like like basically survival it's like Mm -hmm. that inconsistency and the fear of like okay if I don't receive this like am I going to be okay well one of the other things as well is when you are a child um you will always internalize things and and you're quite egocentric and you blame yourself for everything because you're a child and for you to turn around and say actually there's something wrong with my mum or actually there's something wrong with my dad you are then basically saying that the people who are keeping you alive and your existence going and literally feeding you clothing you and and keeping you alive there's something wrong with them and that basically shatters your whole entire existence and you can't really a child cannot process that and so they internalize it and say there's something wrong with me like not I deserve love and I'm not receiving the love I deserve instead they go oh that I'm doing something wrong and that's why I'm not receiving love Mm, definitely I think that's often what happens like when there's separation or divorce around children like obviously when they have like a certain level of awareness they can blame themselves for that Mm. obviously not if they're a baby or whatever they're not gonna (laughs) know what's going Mm. on but I think that I'm sure that even will create you know some sort of Probably. I was listening um, to a podcast recently with uh, Gabor Mate, the the psychologist guy. Mm. Um, And he was basically saying that his mum had given him away when he was 11 months old. And um, even though he doesn't remember it happening, and even though she did it to save his life, like literally to save him, he now, I guess is it is a bit like anxious attachment he now cannot cope with anyone like leaving him on his own or going Mm. away and he basically was saying that at the age of 71 his wife had not picked him up from the airport because she'd got like lost in all of his art her art but he Mm. had like an adult tantrum and just absolutely lost it because in that moment it was like being abandoned by his oh that's so sad i know by his mum but um yeah that is yeah Basically, anxious attachment is your parents are the people who would teach you about all the relationships in your life. Every Mm. single relationship you experience in your life is defined by the one that you would, the ones that you have with your parents when you were younger. And if it was not a secure attachment where you had your needs met and you could be emotionally free and you could just 
you were safe to be yourself, then it's likely you're either going to end up with an anxious attachment or an avoidant, mm. avoidant attachment. Yeah, I think also, obviously, normally you would focus on parents, but some people it might not necessarily be their yeah. biological parents. So it's more about like who the who main was the main caregiver. caregiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was the person who was meant to be meeting your needs? when you were younger and you're like who was meant to be keeping you alive (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) basically yeah and like what how were they meeting them were they meeting them consistently or were there like unspoken rules to receive Mm. receive their love yeah so I feel like that's kind of covering where anxious attachment can Mm -hmm. come from and then obviously there's a whole heap of characteristics and signs yeah that you're you're kind of, is something that, yeah, is affecting you, I guess. Um, which is a very long list. I actually... Well, a lot of them are normalised. Are seen as very, like, mm-hmm. normal things as well. Like, I think anxious attachment, especially in terms of, like, manifesting within a romantic relationship, like, a lot of anxious attachment yeah. um, signs and symptoms are really, really, like, normalised and almost an expectation. Yes, like, jealousy... Yeah. Like, obviously, jealousy Needing can a be a lot of sign. communication and a yeah. lot of, like, reassurance and support. I even just think back to, like, university, and I just remember, like, I lived in a house of ten girls, and, like, every girl in that house had an like, anxious attachment, I swear. <laughs> and then we would all sit and be anxiously attached together and, like, talk about text messages and, like, pick them apart and... Yeah. I wonder whether it's more likely in females or not or maybe it's just more spoken about with females maybe we should have a little Mm. look for a stat Mm. um but yeah so i i think probably the easiest place to start in terms of talking about what an anxious attachment might look like is in a relationship or in dating Mm. well that's when it normally would come up the most yes yeah it's being around someone who is meant to love you and care for you or is showing signs almost like the main caregiver role which is never what a partner should ever be no but I guess within yeah they represent that to you especially if you've kind of not worked through it or healed it you don't have the awareness of it yeah um so I'm going to give some examples from me dating recently how it's anxious attachment yeah go for it so for instance when I start talking to someone new if they don't reply quickly they don't text me when they say they're going to text me that they don't don't speak to me for a day instantly I internalize it as they don't like me they're not interested I mean sometimes I've even been like they're on a date with someone else like my mind will just instantly go to like the worst case scenario yeah it's that fear of rejection and fear of yeah someone not loving you not showing you love yeah and you need so much reassurance like it's almost like you get the reassurance of talking to someone and then being like I really like you but you need that constantly you you need that constantly if you have an anxious attachment you need that level of like yes, I really like you, yes, I think you're really great from someone, Mm. it's far too much. Mm. Well, you need it a lot more than, like, someone with a secure attachment, because someone with a secure attachment would be like, oh, I know for a fact, like, I know this person likes me, so I know when I come back, 
they're gonna be there for me they're still gonna feel the same they're not gonna feel differently in the space of an hour than they did an hour ago just because they didn't message me sort of thing mm, yeah but like anxious attachment you don't have a very rational mind it's no. very irrational so irrational like yeah that fear of rejection is huge and also obsessing this is kind of what you said but obsessive yeah. thoughts oh so obsessive all the time <laughs> yeah just the, and also like struggling to regulate out of the obsessive thoughts as well because yeah. they're like so all-consuming and I think when you've had an anxious attachment as well every time you ever have been rejected you like use put it, it in a little bank that you use as evidence every single other time mm. that you're ever going through a dating similar dating situation mm. and you use all of that as evidence of the fact that it's going to happen again yeah and that you're going to be rejected again oh of course I think a lot a lot of the time we do that it's just because it's that negative mindset but it's also because it's like protective you're trying to protect yourself from being hurt again which is totally understandable mm. two of the ones that I looked up right that I hadn't necessarily thought about when mm. I thought of anxious attachment but I read it and I was like, that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. One of them is weak sense of self-identity. And that totally resonates with me. Because I feel like in the past, in my relationships, I have always, like, that relationship was my life. Like, I would always be like, okay, so this week, when am I seeing this person? Mm-hmm. And, like, it was all about making that person happy and how that person was making me feel. And, like, every day it was just thinking about like are they gonna message me like that was my whole brain and like mindset yeah so the I, person becomes like they what are you your think hobby. about yeah it's literally like with the whole eating sort of thing it's like that is your hobby the person is your hobby they're what you spend time like researching and like caring about and it just becomes your whole world and so I think that made me realize like the weak sense of identity I sense of self-identity I totally get that because I don't think alongside all of the reasons like with my eating disorder and things I didn't have a sense of who am I and I think if you have a strong sense of this is who I am and I love myself and I know I'm worthy but then you don't need someone to validate you yeah. yeah then you're so much less focused on is this person giving me what I need is this person loving me because you're like I love myself and I know I'm enough mm. and if this person is going to be there for me then great and if they're not going to meet my needs then that's fine too like I will be okay yeah um so that was the first one and then the second one is weak ability to meet your own needs and relying on other people to meet your needs oh I literally have been in relationships before where I've been like you need to cure the fact that I feel depressed Mm. like you should be doing all of this stuff to make me feel better rather than taking responsibility for myself and my own yeah yeah I mean that's like quite an extreme version yeah but I feel like if you it's just even in small things like if you do feel a bit down that day or whatever it's like putting the responsibility on the other person to make you feel better rather than being like okay I feel a bit crap today I'm going to go and do some more rituals and self-care, like journal, whatever it might be, or take myself on a date. But it's like, you put all of that on the other person and you're like, you need to help me feel better. Mm. And you don't necessarily say that. It's not necessarily conscious that you're doing that. It's kind of subconscious. And you are just, it's just an expectation that they are going to be able to help you. And I feel like I was get I used to get so sad because that didn't happen a lot of the 
time yeah in fact quite the opposite happened and like they just weren't there for me yeah and that was so like soul destroying um well I just think I think there's quite a lot of narratives in society that really uphold anxious attachment and like normalize it because you know the whole like they complete me they're my other half we're soulmates like with it like all of it is about this person completing you and when you get into that type that that kind of mindset that someone out else is out there to complete you then you aren't working on any yeah then you're not working on the fact that you have low self-worth or low self-esteem or the fact that you have like repeated bouts of depression or you put you externalize rather than turning inwards and like dealing with your own shit and it's easier it's easier to externalize and like look outside of yourself for things to try and like fill this hole Mm. rather than to look inwards and be like how can I actually fix this hole and fill this hole myself yeah it's like you're complete by yourself and anyone else is just like an added extra to make your life yeah even better yeah I think like one of the things I would say about why it's so great to actually like look at the fact that you might have an anxious attachment and try to work on it um is because unfortunately when you have anxious attachment you really do crave like what I would now say is an unhealthy level of attention and unfortunately that unhealthy level of attention bordering on obsession is actually love bombing and people who love bomb are not people that are going to give you a lovely healthy relationship like that's going to be toxic potentially an abusive dynamic like love bombing is you know a precursor for abuse and we want everyone to be in like beautiful loving incredible healthy balanced relationships yeah um that's what you want your kids to be around if you ever want to have kids in the future Mm -hmm. like it's what is actually better for your mental health Mm -hmm. as well like oh a thousand percent yeah. better i think the thing is is it's that short-term like love bombing feels great really validates meets you. the needs of yeah. your anxious attachment but then that's all gonna go if it is you know an abusive relationship mm-hmm. or toxic relationship then you are like that's just gonna disappear and but then you're also, gonna be feeling even worse it's too much for someone else to try and do you know what i mean it's too much for someone else to constantly validate that's it's exhausting to give someone mm. that level of attention and validation like it's not fair on the person that you're with either yeah like, they need their own they need their own life well um, I also just think it's not always going to be possible for someone to be there for you when you need them and that is something that you need to also learn to deal with because you know sometimes they're going to be in a work meeting or they're going to be somewhere where they're not contactable when you need them and you need to learn to soothe your own like self-soothe and soothe your own needs like meet your own needs rather than but also like uh, there's a quote I think it might have literally even been like Will Smith who said this but he was like in a relationship like you're both responsible for your own happiness and then you come and and a relationship is coming together and sharing in that happiness and that joy rather than like I'm here to make you happy and you're here to make me happy it's like I make myself happy and now that my cup is full we're gonna share and like have two cups that are full yeah <laughs> or just like be so good at looking after ourselves that actually oh my god I've got excess of my cup and do you know what your cup is a little bit low but I'm going to pour from the excess mm. that I have 
not drain myself in this toxic relationship where we're both just draining the hell out of each other um, because we're so, so anxious and just so used to, like, inconsistent love. Yeah. Well, that's... On that, I actually found a sentence Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I really liked that was like, our choice of partner is a way for the subconscious mind to confirm its beliefs around the world. So for someone with an anxious attachment, you are seeking confirmation that you are unworthy of love. So that's why you're attracted to people who actually make you feel that way. But it's like a subconscious thing that you don't... Yeah, you're not doing on purpose, but that's the sort of people that you will normally attract. Oh, yeah. I think if you're someone who just thinks, why do I always pick the wrong people? Why do I like the bad boy? If you think you love a bad boy, like, you probably have anxious, anxious attachment. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, or avoidant, but actually avoidant, you're so, you don't really want anyone. Like, you, as soon as you get close anyway, you're like, oh, hold on. I'm not sure about this. Um, so I feel like we should actually go on to ways to help anxious attachment. Yes. Because at the moment we've just discussed um, how terrible it can be. <laughs> <laughs> From our own experience, obviously, some people probably have it and like, can cope. But, um, yeah. So, the first way, obviously we spoke about... Um, when you have anxious attachment, you don't have a very strong sense of self. So that is one of the first ways that you can help combat anxious attachment is like working to build a sense of self. Mm -hmm. So asking yourself questions like, who actually am I? What do I enjoy? Who do I like hanging out with? What do I like wearing? Like just all of those things and thinking, yeah, what, what do I love? Who actually am I? What is my identity? Rather than focusing on yeah somebody else and making them your identity or your relationship with them your identity yeah I think as well um as women especially we have been raised to really value like the male gaze Mm. um and to get so much of our self-worth from you know men telling us that we're great yeah Uh, Um, external validation yeah yeah we're literally like bred for external validation and for that Mm. like anxious external validation and it does feel fucking great like when you everyone likes everyone likes a bit of external validation there's nothing wrong with liking it but it's about not relying on it it's having the bat like calming managing to calm your nervous system down which is what i think i'm currently like trying to learn to do is like really enjoying dating Mm. and enjoying like the validation but not making it mean so much that if it's gone I can't cope Mm. or if it's not consistent I can't cope yeah it's more like seeing it as something that just is adding adding to the validation you already give yourself just someone being like, you're, you're great, and being like, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, it's so nice you noticed this yeah. about me. Yeah. Because I know it already. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the next one, this is also based off what we touched on, is about meeting your own emotional needs. So when you feel rubbish or whatever, what can you do to, like, soothe your senses or, yeah, just try and feel through those emotions and stuff rather than being like right I need someone else to help fix me it's like what can I do to 
to help me. Yeah. I think it's taking your power back because I think we actually don't realise that we can. We can actually meet all of our needs. Like, Mm -hmm. no matter how upset you are, no matter how stressed you are, no matter how difficult something seems, you have the power. Even if you don't believe it, like, you have the power within you to fix all of your problems. Yeah, for some reason that made me think of, what's that advert? It's like, I got the power. (laughs) Oh my god, it's the blooming shaving women Venus Gillette or whatever it is. <laughs> well, that's what gets to my mind. I cannot help what comes to my mind. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but no, but that yeah, you. I have the power within you, and I think that's something that I've started to learn recently because being a single mum. Oh my god, it's so easy to get into victim mindset because it is so hard, and there are days when you're like this is fucking ridiculous. Like, literally, my son was awake for four hours in the middle of the night the other night because why the fuck not? Why Why would you sleep during the night? Yeah, why wouldn't you just wake up for four hours and cry for the whole four hours? Oh, he cried all the time. Oh, he cried for quite a lot of it, yeah. And, you know, woke up the next morning, I'd had effectively a three-hour stint of sleep followed by a two-hour stint of sleep. And it would have been so easy to wake up and be like well I'm fucking exhausted this fucking day's a write off this is too hard can't do this this is too much and I that I did I chose not to do that Mm. like I was like my brain I have the I have the capabilities and I was like I can do this I'm going to rest when I have opportunities to rest so if for instance they watch a little bit more tv than they would normally watch that's okay because I need to rest when I can rest. And I was like, I can do this. I'll boss it. Got through the day. Actually, ha- like, f- had moments of joy in the day. Yeah. And just, like, took back my power. And, like, with anxious attachment, you have to make the choice, the very difficult choice and decision, to commit to working on the anxious attachment and actively because it is active as hell to fight yeah, against a- anxious attachment it's it's, it's every time it's constant. well it is constant and also it's like every time you're triggered every time you feel like a overwhelming sense of like anxiety it's like trying to work out where that stems from and like realizing that it's probably a trigger you're probably being triggered because of something has happened before and actually, what is the reality of the situation right now? Yes. Yeah, like, bringing yourself back to, like, is this rational? Yeah, like, that was then, and this is now. And I'm thinking irrationally, what is a rational way to think about this? This person hasn't replied to me for five hours because it, they're at work. Maybe they're working late, or, yeah, like, maybe they've lost signal. Maybe their phone has died. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many... Yeah. Rational things that you can train your brain to think rather than going to that yeah. irrational mindset. One of the things that actually really helps me is by telling myself, it's not all about you. Yeah, because you're living in your own world. Yeah, and you yeah. Feel like I'm you're like, the main not star. everything that everyone is doing is about you. Mm. Not every action, not every sentence everyone says, not every like shift in tone or energy or anything is to do with you. Not everything is about you. And I think anxious attachment is actually 
well, it's, it's like victim mindset, effectively. You make everything mean something about you. You've upset someone. Yeah. You've done something wrong. And actually, like, everyone's more worried about themselves. Yeah. Like, people everyone's are not in thinking their own about you that much. And it's no. just, like, rationalising and, and thinking, like, rationally, the per- they're, they're, they're busy. Like, they're probably busy. And also... One of the other things that I think helps is if you are really in an anxious mindset is looking at what you think the worst case scenario is. So for instance, they've not replied to me. It's the evening. They normally talk to me and they're not talking to me. Oh my God, they're on a date. Yeah. Like that, that could be your worst case scenario. They're on a date. They're clearly not interested in me. I then look at that thought and I'm like, okay, well, if this is true and they are on a date, do I like them? Mm-hmm. Are they going to meet my needs? And like flipping it on, instead of making it about what that would mean about who you are, flip it on your head and start to think about the person you're dating. Well, do I like them? Mm-hmm. Can they meet my needs? Yeah. Is this going to last long term? Yeah. And like flipping it around? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things... Um, based off what you just said as well, is, like, one of the ways... When I had really bad anxious attachment, I would expect someone else to know what I was thinking and to know what I needed. And, like, I would almost think, yeah, if I have to ask for what I need, then, like, they're not the right person. And I've learnt so much better now to just ask for what I need and what I want. Mm. Like, if you want that person's attention right now and they're, like too busy on their laptop or whatever just say to them can you give me five minutes of attention so just asking for what you need rather than standing there getting more and more angry or being like they're rejecting me they're rejecting me they don't like me or whatever and letting that narrative keep going you can actually take back your power and just be like hi I need this from you please like can you try and give it to me that's more so in a relationship obviously when you're dating that can be a bit harder depend like if you're on a first date and then you're like, yeah. can you reply although, to me constantly or something? Yeah, although, do you know what? I genuinely really value and, like, believe you should show up really authentically from the beginning. Yes. Because yeah, it's I really do. scary to do that, but you weasel out people who are not right for you mm-hmm. very early on, which is actually less pain in the long run. Yeah. And also, the person you're going to end up with is going to be fucking great. And it's not going to be like six months in, you're like arguing over silly things because you've spoken about it from the beginning. Like, there was a guy I was dating like five months ago, I don't know, and I put a boundary in with him. And like, he took it well in the conversation but then his energy towards me shifted. And I was just like, you know, if I can't put a simple, simple boundary in... Yeah, then and there's not, like, respect there. Yeah. Or just, you know, we're just not aligned with each other. We're not going to have the level of relationship that yeah. I want. And I know what type of relationship I want. I want a super healthy, can put boundaries in with each other, really respect each other, and, and work through things, like, on a really deep level together. Like, not some surface level relationship like yeah, or, I want to be so fully myself and then be so fully themselves and us just to like 
if we have any sort of conflict, like, be able to sit and resolve it because we genuinely care about each other. Yeah. Actually, that same guy, funnily enough, when I turned around to him and was like, I don't think we're right for each other, he turned around to me and was like, you you deserve more than just a normal relationship. Aw, that's uh, a lovely thing to say. I know, say. how nice that he said that, but he was like, I can't give you what you need. And he, yeah. and, but that's the thing, also, you could have amazing conversations with people. Yeah. Like, that was so nice. Like, that is so much nicer than me and him dating for six months, it being super toxic, everyone shouting, screaming, swearing at each other, it being absolutely horrific, yeah. which I can pretty much guarantee from some of the red flags is probably where it would have ended up. It probably yeah. wouldn't have been great. But instead, like, a month in, we had this great conversation he was like I can't meet your needs and I was like no I don't think you can meet my needs he was super nice about it yeah I also think sometimes it's not even shouting and screaming it's just that resentment yeah it builds and builds and builds and builds and then it's like gets to a point where you just hate each other yeah because you're just like god you've literally not been meeting my needs at all and now you're really pissing me off well I read today (laughs) that apparently the like there's like a three after three months is when, like, cracks always start to show. Oh, yeah, show. I've seen that before, yeah. yeah. because that's when people, like, Drop stop. facade. Yeah, and, like, don't... Why should... Why are we all showing up under a facade? Because then we're not ending up in things... I mean, obviously, I know why we're all showing up with a facade, because it's all of our trauma and stuff, and well, we're, like, I, masking it. I think also, it, but... like, at the beginning, you are just in, like, a love bubble, and it's so great that you're just, like, on a high. So yeah. there is probably less times when you feel down or, like anxious or do you know what I mean like sometimes it's not necessarily being fake it's just like you are a better version of yourself for the first three months Mm. and then the high might wear off a bit yeah Yeah. like you know you're gonna have dated like a fair few times and then maybe there's not so much excitement or whatever it might be so yeah yeah I just I think like the main thing is is just to sit and ask yourself, like, what do you want your future relationship to look like genuinely? Like, what do you want the foundation of it to be like? How do you want each other, like, how do you want to communicate with each other? Like, what is your dream relationship? Have all your boundaries around it. And then ask yourself if you are that person who's going to also create that relationship. Like... Have you worked on yourself enough to be the other half of that relationship? Are you showing up with high self-worth? Are you showing up with high self-esteem? Are you showing up capable of managing your own emotions and managing your own shit on your own? Um, Yes. Because you can't... Like, I think in relationships, we always expect the other person to, like, almost be better than us. Like, we expect them to be able to really emotionally regulate so they're going to be able to emotionally regulate so well that they can do it for both of us. Mm. And it's like, that's just create that's just ridiculous to have that sort of expectation of someone else yeah I think just sitting back and thinking about like what you want from a partner and asking yourself whether you are the partner of that person yes um I also think that you it's just good to say you don't have to be like I think there's a bit of a narrative around like oh, you know, you need to have healed yourself first before you get into a relationship. And don't get me wrong, like, I think it's good to have self-awareness and, like, areas that you want to change, but often you almost don't know what the things are that need to be healed until you are in a relationship or you are dating someone. 
and it's yeah I so I don't think you need to go into a relationship or feel like you have to put off a relationship until you are in this place where you feel like nothing affects you and oh I don't think you're ever I I don't mean like you need to be like no I'm not saying you are like twigged in my brain yeah yeah yeah. no I get that no I get I get that no I more just mean like do you have the tools because all you need is the tools Mm -hmm. you don't even have to be able to use the tools every single time because you know life has its ups and downs and we're human beings like we're all human beings it's just like having the awareness of yourself and the way that your brain works and then tools to deal with it more that like bringing that into a relationship because mm. that's yeah. all you need is like the tools yeah and the awareness of yourself yeah definitely i think like you're still gonna fuck up because we're here we're he- like that's oh my god yeah. oh my god literally yeah totally get that but like, being it but knowing you're a human fucking up but not letting the fuck up spiral i also think well. remembering that the person you're with is human like yeah. anxious attachment it's so easy to expect them to be perfect all the time yeah and it's remembering like they are a human they're going to make mistakes as well that doesn't mean that they don't love you and care about you yeah i think as well as well on that note like looking at when you spiral into the anxious attachment of them making it out like they don't love you or they don't like you or whatever like having a list of all the reasons that they do like you yes oh my god i actually used to do that way back when I used to write the evidence that they did love me mm. and just try and focus on that. Like, before my brain spiralled into that, mm. or if my brain was in that mode, just being like, what are all of the things they've done this week that actually show they love me? And they can be tiny things, like they did the washing up, or they called me when I was sad, but, like, just trying to focus on those, because I think that's so important. Like, when our brains are in that irrational mindset, it's like, what can I do to bring it back to the positive, focus on the yeah. positive? And also just realising that, like, because I, I think anxious attachment is almost a form of control, and just realising that you don't have any fucking control over anyone else no, and how they do. feel or what they're going to do, so there's actually no point worrying about it. And, like, just learning to be, like if they don't like me that's okay like it just means that they're not for me and there's someone else out there that is for me mm-hmm. and just like constantly coming back to that as well like if yeah. they are for me there will be a certain level of ease to this not completely like no easy peasy yeah but like there will be a level of like I love you so I'm going to show up and work through it and you love me so I'm going to show up and work through it yeah. there will be that there there's like commitment from both ends that you're like we are in this together and we're going to work through this yeah. together we're going to communicate about the things that are difficult to communicate about but because we care and love for each other like we are going to put in the work mm. whereas I like I look back at, back at my old relationships and I'm like there wasn't even that mm. there wasn't even there was just like it felt like the relationship was just being like please love me like I just need this and it just being like that's too much yeah and it's just like yeah, which like all that time in that kind of now, force you it. Would, yeah. yeah, you would just walk away. Yeah, yes, yeah, because there's no one's happy. No one yeah, is happy. They're unhappy that they don't feel good enough that they're yeah. not giving you what you need and helping you. Yeah, making you feel good and loved. Yeah. So I feel like that's just yeah another thing that I would say is just realizing that actually your anxious attachment is 
also just trying to force things and control things and like you can't force people to love you and there are so many people in the world who will love the fuck out of you whether that's like a partner friends you can create your own fucking family if you want to like there are so many people out there who love you and if you work through your anxious attachment and just think the people who love me are going to be there for me, then you're going to end up with like an absolute tribe of incredible people who just love you for you. And you're going to feel so secure in all of those relationships. Yeah. Which in, in, of, in and of itself is healing anxious attachment because you're creating secure relationships, which is going to help you develop a secure attachment mm-hmm. style. Whereas if you are seeking like relationships from an anxious standpoint you're going to end up in all of these dynamics where you're super anxious and the person is either like put off by it or like withdraws from it or has avoidant because an avoidant and attach and anxious attachment love each other so they're constantly pulling away you're in this toxic dynamic where you feel constantly insecure in your relationships and that then just backs up why you should have an anxious attachment because Mm. all of your relationships are insecure nice uh so we hope this episode has been really helpful just like sharing our own experiences and the knowledge that we have around anxious attachment um and also just knowing it's super normal to have an anxious attachment and that you can work on it but it also is something that you are constantly working on and it just basically gets easier to work with the thoughts rather than them just like completely disappearing yeah, I think, yeah, just knowing also you can change from having an anxious attachment just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you work on the things that we've spoken about in this episode, then you absolutely can heal it and get to a secure place. Like, that is essentially what I've done over the past um, few years. Like, just really focusing on, yeah, what's been going on, like, in my relationships and how I'm showing up in them and it's made such a difference so yeah yeah we hope it's been useful and we can't wait to see you all again next week thank you for listening thanks guys Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Everyday Goddess. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review or if you have any questions you'd like answering, message us on Instagram or TikTok at Everyday Goddess Podcast. We can't wait to see you all next week. Bye for now, goddesses.